everyone wants to get more sleep, and there are a ton of different sleep hacks out there, noise machines, meditation, earplugs, which I do, but you can immediately transform your sleep with Bowl & Branch. We have Bowl & Branch sheets in our house. They're in white. They are so soft. In fact, we say all the time, but they really do get softer with every wash. And the sheets also come in a really pretty box, kind of wrapped up like a present just for you. They feel buttery and breathable to start. And again, as Motion and I always say, they get softer with every wash. Best of all, it feels a little bit luxurious every time you slip into bed. These best-selling sheets are also made with the finest 100% organic cotton. They are completely free from toxins, soft yet super breathable. There's a 30-night worry-free guarantee so you can wash them, style them, and sleep in them for an entire month. And if you don't really love them, you could send them back right away. And again, they're made without toxins. There's no synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde, and other harsh chemicals. So sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl & Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use the promo code MONEWS at bowlandbranch.com. That is Bowl & Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. That promo code MONEWS, M-O-N-E-W-S, for 15%, 15% off your order. Okay, everyone, let's do this. It is Thursday, October 13th. I'm Mosh Wanunu, and you're listening to the Mo News Podcast. This is the place where we bring you just the facts from verified sources and a breakdown of what matters in the news. We read all the news, or at least I try to, and read between the lines so you don't have to. Here are a few of the stories we're watching on this Thursday. Conspiracy theorist Alex Jones has been told by a court that he must pay nearly $1 billion in a settlement to the family of Sandy Hook shooting victims. But will they ever see that money? We got a lot of numbers dropping from the government today that'll include new inflation numbers for the month of September, as well as the annual Social Security benefit increases for everyone over the age of 65. I'll tell you how that's going to go down. The January 6th investigative committee is also set to have its final hearing today. I'll tell you about that. It does come as we're learning more about who turned on former President Trump inside Mar-a-Lago and is now talking to the feds. And we got some big news for Starbucks drinkers and Delta Sky Miles members. I'll tell you how the two brands are getting together. But let's start with that huge announcement out of Connecticut on Wednesday that conspiracy theorist Alex Jones must pay nearly a billion dollars. We've been telling you about the multiple trials that the uh, right-wing conspiracy theorist has been facing. A Connecticut jury on Wednesday found that he must pay at least $965 million in damages to numerous families of victims of the 2012 Sandy Hook school shooting. For years, Jones has been saying on his talk shows and making millions off this, that the families of the victims were actors, that the kids in the school shooting, this tragic Newtown school shooting, were all actors, all part of a government plot to bring gun control on America. Due to these allegations, for years, these families have been getting harassed by fans of Alex Jones and worse, getting death threats. And so these families have been suing Jones, uh, asking for compensatory damages for what they have done to his life this past decade. The families have all kind of separated out here. There have been multiple cases. There was a case in Texas in August. We told you about it. A jury there awarded the families $50 million. They ordered Jones to pay $50 million uh, for what he has done to them. 
This Connecticut case was much larger. You had more families associated with it. And in this case, the jury found that Jones must pay those families nearly a billion dollars. The plaintiffs in the Connecticut case included more than a dozen relatives of the 20 children and six staff members who were gunned down at Sandy Hook Elementary School back in December of 2012. During a live broadcast, as the verdict was read, Jones was literally on Wednesday covering his own verdict from his TV studio uh, for his supporters. He vowed that they will never see that money. The victims will never see that money that he will appeal for as long as it takes and that his company is bankrupt. It was really a horrendous thing to watch as he sort of laughed and mocked them as they were crying as this verdict was read live in court on Wednesday. Infowars, which is the name of Jones's company, is not public. Their finances are not public. But according to testimony, the site brought in somewhere in the range of $165 million in just two years over 2016 to 2018. And we heard from an economist in that Texas case over the summer that estimated that Jones is personally worth between $135 million and $270 million. Jones dabbles in a whole bunch of conspiracy theories. He says that the government is purposely putting things in the water to make people gay. Uh, he has basically called every mass shooting tragedy a, a false flag event, meaning uh, they're basically all put on, whether it's the school shooting in Florida, the mass shooting in Vegas, the Newtown school shooting, they're all put on by the government on purpose to try to bring forth gun control laws. Jones makes a lot of money off of his listeners. He has a whole Infowars store. And in fact, on uh, Wednesday during the broadcast, he was like, I need your support for my legal fund, despite how much he's worth. He says he's bankrupt now. And so he's calling on his fans to uh, go to his website and buy all the stuff that he sells. He sells uh, preparation gear for a civil war. He also sells a whole variety of supplements that he says helps your brain and helps you fight Democrats, helps your brain fight Democrats, uh, others that cure erectile dysfunction, allegedly. He also in recent years sold a toothpaste that he said prevented you from getting COVID. So given that his company has filed for bankruptcy here, it's a, it's a tactic that will limit the total money that is available to the Sandy Hook families, but they could see other assets from Jones if a judge rules that his company deliberately harmed them. There's also the situation in Texas that Texas actually has certain laws that limit how high up compensatory and punitive damages can go. So uh, folks have been saying in Texas that while the jury there awarded the victims their 50 million, he might only be uh, forced to pay a couple million dollars. That is, of course, it, it sounds like he's going to continue to uh, fight these cases and appeal. So you have the initial Texas case of 50 million. You have yesterday's uh, judgment in Connecticut of 965 million. And then Jones is going to face a third trial coming up soon with other parents from Sandy Hook. That trial will also take place back in Texas. Okay, we got some other legal news for you. If any of you watched Monday Night Football, you might have seen the clip of the Raiders wide receiver Devontae Adams pushing a media worker as he left the stadium. Well, Adams yesterday was officially charged with misdemeanor assault. Uh, he was cited for, quote, an intentional overt act that inflicted bodily injury, according to the court records released yesterday. I've posted this clip to my Instagram account. Uh, many of you uh, have been talking about it. The man shoved by Adams as he was leaving the stadium uh, is named Ryan Zebley. He suffered whiplash, a headache, and a possible minor concussion. He was working as a freelance photographer for ESPN's Monday Night Football. The game took place in Kansas City, and that's where the charges were filed on Wednesday morning. Adams will be due in court on November 10th. If convicted, he could officially face a jail term of up to six months or a fine of up to $1,000. Probably unlikely he'll see jail time here. Adams is apologizing for the incident. He said the shove was just frustration mixed with the cameraman literally just running in front of him. So we'll see what the courts say about this. We'll know more in November. In the meantime, the player will also likely be facing discipline from the NFL. 
All right, I told you that we'll be getting a bunch of numbers from the government today. The first big number coming out Thursday morning is the inflation number. It is the last report before midterm elections on November 8th. That is in less than four weeks. So this could have ramifications for how the parties campaign against one another in the coming weeks. The Bureau of Labor Statistics, they put together these numbers monthly. They'll be releasing what they call the CPI report at 8.30 a.m. If you're listening to this before 8.30, if it's after 8.30, you know what the number is. Going into this, the big prediction, the forecast, is that inflation will have slowed a bit to just 8.1% in September. So slightly less than August, but still up 8% over last September. Still pretty significant. The Fed will be looking at this number, uh, whatever it is. If you're listening to this after 8.30 again, you know the number. You can just Google it. Uh, the Fed's going to be looking at this number to determine how much they're going to raise interest rates again next month. Remember, raising interest rates is the main way the Fed is trying to battle inflation, trying to bring down prices by making less money available, making it harder to borrow money. But this is also, you know, having a whole domino effect on the real estate market because mortgages go up. The main interest rate number impacts a whole bunch of stuff. That brings us to the next big number we will find out today that has a huge impact on the U.S. economy and millions of Americans. And whatever that inflation number is today will have the final impact on what the government announces today is the annual Social Security benefits increase. That'll impact the more than 65 million Americans who are retired and get those benefits. Every year around this time, the government makes this announcement. It's called the Cost of Living Adjustment, or COLA for short. And for many, this increase might be one of the biggest raises they see in their lifetimes. So the government today will announce how big a percentage increase Social Security beneficiaries will see in their monthly payments this year. Given inflation, it's certain to be probably the largest since the early 80s. Some estimate that the annual boost could be as big as 9%. So let me translate that for you for a second. That would mean that the average monthly increase for people getting Social Security would be about $144 a month. That'll boost the typical benefit from about $1,650 that the average person gets right now up above $1,800 a month. But some critics say that the data that the government uses to set the increase doesn't actually reflect how much older Americans are actually spending, doesn't reflect how much inflation they're actually feeling. They say that it should actually be higher. Last year, seniors, for instance, received a 5.9% COLA adjustment, cost of living adjustment, but inflation actually soared above that every month this year. Okay, I have one more story for you here where you're sure to be getting more headlines today. If you have news apps, you'll probably be getting a lot of alerts today between everything I'm going through. The January 6th committee is gonna be having its ninth and final hearing later today. It's gonna to feature new testimony and evidence, including Secret Service records and new surveillance video. The hearing is set for 1 p.m. Eastern time. You'll be able to stream it on C-SPAN, several channels on YouTube, several streaming news networks if you don't have cable. Unlike earlier January 6th investigative hearings that focused on a specific aspect of the Trump plot to overturn the 2020 election, you might remember that all these hearings over the course of the past few months have uh, had various themes. Um, in this case, the expectation is on Thursday, according to some of the members who are speaking to the media ahead of time, they're going to be doing a more of an overview today, uh, talking about what happened before, what happened during, and what happened after the attack on January 6th. They also promised that some new information will be revealed at the hearing that will likely include some messages from a trove of Secret Service records. You might remember all those text messages that we thought were deleted. Well, apparently some of them have been found and more than a million electronic communications sent by Secret Service agents in the lead up and during the insurrection have somehow made their way to Capitol Hill. So we'll ideally be finding out what some of them said. The committee has also interviewed a whole bunch of witnesses since their last hearing back in July. That includes uh, the former Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, Elaine Chao, 
who uh, you might recall is Mitch McConnell's wife and resigned after January 6th. So we may see what both of them said. We also may see or hear Ginny Thomas. She's the conservative activist and the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. She was interviewed recently behind closed doors, uh, though the uh, committee is making no promises on what we may see or hear at today's hearing. By the way, Ginny Thomas is particularly interesting. The reports are that she still believes the election was stolen, so we'll see if she still believes that. You might recall that she had pushed senior White House officials to go as far as arresting Joe Biden. She was pushing states to put up alternate electors uh, as part of that plot. And it's particularly controversial since she happens to be married to the Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Now, following today's hearing, we will expect in the coming months a final report from the committee. It could recommend charges or not against Trump, though the final word on whether there will be any charges against the president or anybody around him related to January 6th will end up falling on the US Justice Department and Attorney General Merrick Garland. So that brings us to our next story because the January 6th investigation by the feds is just one of the federal criminal investigations into former President Trump. We got news on the other criminal investigation on Wednesday. This is all related to the classified records controversy, that big federal investigation into all those documents former President Trump and the people around him took back to Mar-a-Lago after he left the White House, despite the law saying that they should have all gone to the National Archives. A quick recap here, since we haven't had headlines on this for a while, you might remember that the government asked former President Trump for nearly a year and a half to return those documents. They got some, reluctantly, not all of them. They finally, in the spring of this year, subpoenaed him for the rest. After a few months, no return. They conducted that big search in August of Mar-a-Lago. That turned up thousands of documents, including more than 100 that were marked classified uh, and had been asked by the government to be turned over. It also included a document, by the way, that described allegedly a foreign country's military defenses, including their nuclear capabilities. Okay, so that's the recap on where we stand the classified records investigation. So what's the news here, Mosh? Well, for that, we turn to the Washington Post, which posted a big scoop on Wednesday afternoon, where they learned new details on what may have finally prompted that search warrant. The Post reports that it was actually an internal Trump employee who has been cooperating with federal agents and told the government, this is in the months ahead of the search, that they were asked to move boxes of documents at Mar-a-Lago at the specific direction of former President Trump. This witness account combined with security camera footage apparently offers new evidence of Trump's behavior as investigators were looking for that classified material. The story is remarkable because it's really the most direct account to date of Trump's specific actions and instructions leading up to that August 8th search. Reportedly, this directive to move things around came after the government subpoenaed the documents in late spring. What's more, the government, according to the Post, has gathered witness accounts, accounts plural, multiple accounts, indicating that after the Trump advisors received that subpoena in May to have all the classified documents finally returned to the government, that Trump told people specifically to move boxes to his residence at Mar-a-Lago. And the paper is saying that video corroborates this witness account. They are now considered to be a key part of the investigation. Remember, the investigation is not just about the documents. It's about potential for obstruction of justice. That was part of the affidavit that the government filed with the judge saying, we got to go in there. There's potential obstruction of justice going on here. The puzzle, if you will, is starting to come together. But despite this report, it is unclear yet how long this investigation might last. It could be months, um, if not longer. These federal investigations take a while. There's also a question as to whether charges will ever be filed here, whether the uh, charges against the former president or people around him. Remember, Trump's legal team continues to fight elements of this search. And so this could go on for a while, but a, a pretty remarkable piece of reporting by The Post on Wednesday. 
Okay, before we get to the rest of the day's news, I wanna take a quick ad break here. This really is big news as we continue to grow this podcast. We have our first big sponsor this week, that's Athletic Greens. I just started taking their AG1 supplement powder a couple weeks ago, and I'm very excited to share my experience with you. So last year, I was feeling a bit sluggish. I ended up meeting with a nutritionist. They ended up prescribing me a whole regimen of vitamins, some to take at breakfast, some for lunch, and some for dinner. It really is a lot of pills to keep track of and has gotten a bit expensive. My goal was to replace some, if not all of those supplements, and I have been able to do that now with just one scoop of the AG1 powder. I had one this morning. You just throw a scoop of the powder into a glass of water, and it's really that simple. The AG1 powder contains 75 important ingredients, tons of vitamins, minerals. It also has pre and probiotics to support gut health. All of this really combines for a strong immune system as we head into cold and flu season. Really view it as your nutritional insurance policy. So we're excited to have Athletic Greens and their AG1 powder as our sponsor here on the Mo News Podcast. And we have some extra good news if you're a Mo News listener. If you head right now to athleticgreens.com backslash Mo News, they have a special offer for listeners. In addition to the monthly deal for the AG1 powder at less than $3 a day, you will also get a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs of AG1. Again, the website is athleticgreens.com backslash monews, M-O-N-E-W-S, to learn all about what AG1 can do for your health and take advantage of this offer. Again, you get those 75 important ingredients with that powder daily for just about $3 a day, along with a special monews offer here, a one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. Okay, we got some news on Wednesday on that Omicron vaccine booster shot. Uh, the CDC signed off yesterday that children now as young as five years old in an emergency use authorization can now receive the updated COVID booster shots. These are the shots they're calling the bivalent vaccine. This, these were made specifically to target the Omicron variant. So we got details here on two of the boosters. The FDA authorized Pfizer's modified uh, vaccine for kids five to 11 while they approved Moderna shot for kids ages six to 17. Any child who has received the two dose primary series of the vaccine is eligible for this booster. Also, some kids have already gotten one booster on top of that. The FDA is saying if it's been at least two months since your child got the first booster shot, uh, then uh, you're free to go ahead with the second booster shot. But the uptake here on the vaccine for kids has not been that significant. As of now, only 31%, less than one in three kids, ages five to 11, have received two doses of any COVID vaccine. As far as what data they're using here, the FDA said on Wednesday that the numbers they were looking at were the safety and immune responses that it had previously evaluated in a study involving adults. So I mentioned that there hasn't been significant update when it comes to the vaccine and kids. Officials here in the US, by the way, estimate that nearly nine in 10 kids under the age of 17 already have antibodies against COVID, either from the vaccine or previous infection. Some more data here, about 1,300 children in the U.S. have died with COVID over the last two and a half years, but that actually accounts for 0.1% of all COVID deaths. It's also notable that the U.S. continues to recommend uh, the COVID vaccine for children. Notably in Europe, you've seen several countries, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, and the U.K. Uh, aren't recommending vaccines for healthy kids unless they're immunosuppressed or have someone in the family who is. All right, we've been telling you all week about the uh, chaos at the LA City Council. Not a huge surprise here, but I saw this headline cross on Wednesday afternoon that LA City Councilwoman Nuri Martinez has now officially resigned from the city council completely. This is following outrage over her racist remarks she made about blacks 
Oaxacans, Jews, and Armenians in a leaked recording from last year. The recording came out in the LA Times over the weekend. It has led to outrage uh, for the language that she used uh, to describe a bunch of uh, people on the council, a bunch of people in the community. That then led fellow Democrats go all the way up to President Biden, the mayor of LA, Eric Garcetti. They all called on her to resign. She happened to be the city council president. And so initially on Monday, she tried to stay on the council. She was like, I'm going to resign as the city council president, but I'm sort of going to stay on the council. But basically every Democrat in the country said that's not going to fly here. And so after a uh, two-day fight of sorts, she uh, finally resigned completely from the council on Wednesday. Martinez has apologized for her horrendous remarks that included comparing one council member's black son to a monkey, dismissing the L.A. district attorney as being, quote, with the blacks. She used derogatory language, as I mentioned, about Jews in L.A., Armenians in L.A., Oaxacans in L.A. Uh, it really led to an uproar. Uh, people uh, spent hours yelling at the L.A. City Council meeting last night, demanding her resignation. And we learned Wednesday that the California Attorney General has now opened a full investigation into the city of Los Angeles. Now, as I've told you, those remarks came last fall. That says a really divisive redistricting process was happening in the city. Um, and so she was having this meeting with several other council members uh, and was trying to make sure that the Latino districts could get as much as they could get in the process. She was viewing this as basically a racial battle in the city. By the way, those other council members who were present at the meeting, they're also under fire right now for not speaking up on that recording. And so there are many people also calling for their resignation. So far, they remain on the city council as of Wednesday night. Okay, finally here, we're gonna end with a bit of good news. And this is super relevant to me today because I'm flying to LA, I'm going out to the West Coast for the weekend. Starbucks customers can now get Delta Sky Miles with every purchase. The two companies, Starbucks and Delta, made a big announcement on Wednesday. They called it an alliance between two of America's most highly regarded loyalty programs. And this is how it's gonna work. Delta will be awarding one mile for every $1 spent at Starbucks. I know some of you in the audience might be United people, might be American people. I myself uh, was an American person, but then when I moved to New York and happened to live close to LaGuardia Airport, became a Delta person. So this is a big deal in my house. Now, before you go out and get your first latte or whatever your favorite beverage is, customers must first link their Starbucks rewards account with their Delta Sky Miles account. They've created a couple special websites here. You can either go to deltastarbucks.com or starbucksdelta.com. I think you get the hint there, whichever one you want to type in first. And then you can start receiving miles on your purchases. By the way, this only goes for all US Starbucks locations. A couple other things I should tell you, on days that you're flying Delta, you will earn double stars or reward points on your Starbucks orders. And they're trying to push you to do this by the end of the year. Members who link their accounts, you go to those websites, you link your accounts between now and December 31st, you'll earn an extra 500 Sky Miles after joining and making your first purchase. By the way, I was totally not paid for that. I would always disclose if I was getting a uh, paid promotion here, folks. I just really like Delta Sky Miles. With that in mind, a reminder to check out our actual advertiser today. Our first um, sponsor that we've had on the podcast, that's Athletic Greens. I told you about them earlier. There's a link in the show notes. They're our sponsor this week. So a little traffic to that link. You might want to check that out, but no pressure there. I want to thank everyone for listening to the Mo News Daily Podcast. Before you go, I'd love if you could follow or subscribe to the show on the podcast app you're listening to us on right now. It'll ensure that you don't miss a single episode. Also, feel free to leave us a review. Every review helps, uh, especially those five-star reviews, and helps us grow this show. A heads up that tomorrow, special Friday, as usual, we will have two episodes for you. The daily 
uh, news headlines in the morning. And then midday, we'll be coming out with our bonus edition interview. This week, the focus is on the state of American democracy and look ahead to the elections. Concerns out of 2020. It was written by uh, my friend and former colleague, Major Garrett. He's the chief Washington correspondent for CBS News. We spent some time working at Fox and CBS together covering politics. Uh, he's very concerned about the state of our elections, the lack of trust in the system, and really lays out the ramifications of um, the idea of the big lie uh, and that our elections are fraudulent in this country and the impact that could have down the road. Anyway, you'll get much more on that and much more eloquently tomorrow on the second edition of the podcast. So again, two editions of the podcast tomorrow. In the meantime, I'll see you over on my Instagram account at Moshe at M-O-S-H-E-H for developments throughout the day.